sometimes life throws you a curveball. Sometimes it throws you a fast pitch right down the middle and you're just too slow and whiff at it and you can't hit it. Well, that's kind of what it's like when you're recording a podcast called The Greatest Song You've Never Heard. I'm your host, Chris Cochran. I'm here with my great friend and even better human being, Philip the Thrillip Anderson. <laughs> How you doing, Phil? Uh, I think I'm doing fantastic. Uh, yes, very good. I am uh, smiling very big because you have done whatever you can to slip in a baseball metaphor. Mm, yep, yep, yep. Uh, here as we are in the hot stove league time of the year and uh, <laughs> we have spring t- training around the corner. What? Only a month or two till pitchers meet. That's and, true. Uh, so, yes, doing well. Uh, enjoying this crisp fresh air of North Idaho. How are you enjoying the crisp, fresh air of North Idaho? I'm not enjoying North Idaho's fresh, crisp air. I'm enjoying the cold dampness of central New York. Uh, We had some days of freezing, freezing cold. And in fact, I was in New York City uh, last week before we recorded this show. And it was so bitterly cold that I was dressed up in like my heavy dress jacket and a scarf and a hat. And my ears were still burning red because it was so cold. Well, these things happen at this time of year. And those of us who have uh, learned to adapt and endure, it doesn't phase us, does it? It does not. Not at all. It does not keep us from having a good time. And New York City was lucky to have you and your family there, Chris. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Do you have a song for us today? And should we set this up for those who've never listened before? Uh, Okay. Uh, Yes. This is a podcast where... We bring to the table, each of us, separate occasions, a song that we feel is a really good song and a song that probably most people have never heard, uh, except for a traveling Woolberry song <laughs> on which everybody and their grandmother have heard. That's true, uh, true. I brought that, but I, that's to keep people honest, Chris. I did that to keep people honest. And so uh, I believe we've uh, met that target, met that goal. People are honest. And so I am bringing to the table today a song where... People probably heard the song, maybe not from this artist. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, you don't know what this song is. You will have you have lyrics sitting in your inbox, and that's about it. I've actually but I haven't looked at them yet. The, yep, not until the song starts. So we should just get on with it and uh, listen to today's, this week's, today's, whatever, whenever this drops song that most people have never heard. That right. I think is a pretty damn good song. All right, I guess we'll be the judge of that, Phil. Yes, you will. (laughs) All right, let's do it. Oh, 
song you know what's funny about that song is it's it's let's make him whoopee is what the name of the song right it's making whoopee yeah yeah uh, and i've never heard that version of it so i have no clue i think that dude is a pretty famous like christmas song that comes on whoever that is who sings it I, that's not like leon leon redbone but kind of sounds like him but here's something i found in the lyrics that you sent me and i found this because some of the lyrics i was looking at they're the wrong lyrics yeah, I uh, as we've discussed before going live, uh, we scramble at the very last <laughs> when we're about to record these. And I'm like, uh, I'll just assume they're right. Uh, I didn't even follow them along the song, um, but uh, so the lyrics were wrong. Were they written? I I, I haven't even looked. Well, at so them. here's what's funny. There's a song that I was looking at using. Uh, it was the Chris Orlowski song we used a couple of weeks ago. Um, something 
Um, some something's missing. Remember that song from Chris Orlowski? Uh yes, I so, do. So the lyrics in it said something along the lines of um, "100 Peace Way for You." Anyway, something about when you you see the order when you're looking back. Right. And when the lyrics showed up on Google, it's like you see the auto when you're looking back. And so this one says another bride, another June. And I think what it is, is I think that they're using automation to listen to the songs and decipher what they are. And no. there's and there's computers getting it, it wrong. No, I, here's the thing. It is another bride, another June. It's not groom. Really? It's, it is June. If you listen to the song, uh, it was another bride, another June. Huh. I yeah. thought I heard him so, say June. That's why I was made me well, think of that. Well, and I I only know that cuz I've listened to the song so often and it, and no matter what version uh it, it is it is June, not groom. Hmm. Interesting. And both make sense, but yes. but really it cuz June Bride, right? So, a couple things about this song. Um I've never listened to the words before. I mean, I'm familiar with it as a song, but I've never actually listened to the words. It's actually a very cleverly written song. Uh, it has a very clear, clever storyline. I love the way that it kind of unfolds and the judge at the end goes, you know, you probably should just keep her rather than, it's, you know. It, because it's cheaper. Yeah, because it's cheaper. Whip. You know, yeah, it's not making much line. money, just a 5000 per, which I don't know when the song was written, but that's not bad money. Well, uh, maybe that's 19- per year. 1928. Well, that must have been per year then, <laughs> not per month. Yeah, that's probably per year. There we go. There we go. Well, and, tell and me some course, more about the song, uh, Bill. The, the artist could have changed the words. Uh, many times these artists, when they're doing a standard like this, will change the words to make them a little bit more relevant mm. and contemporary. And he could have done that. Uh, there's another one that is 5,000 bucks. So, okay. yeah, not What per. rhymes with bucks? Uh, well, let's just go with trucks. I don't give any trucks. That's right. This is a family (laughs) podcast until we have Russell Mann on, in which case we'll slap an explicit uh, tag on there. That's true. Uh, But uh, this song is off an album that came out when my oldest daughter was born. And I would rock her to sleep when she was up in the middle of the night. Hmm. to this album because uh, they are standards on this album. The album is called In a Sentimental Mood, and that is one of the songs on it. But it is a, a an album packed full of standards. And this was actually one of the songs that was released. And I loved it so much. And then I found some other versions of this, making Whoopi. There's a Ray Charles one. Uh, it's Making Whoopi parts one and two. Uh, you can find it on YouTube, but it is not on Spotify, at least the last time I checked it, because that is one of the best renditions of this song. Oh, I can and, imagine. And he's actually talking at the beginning, and the the piano is a little bit more funky than, than this is pretty jazzy. Uh, Ray Charles plays a very funky, bluesy, uh, piano to this and it's a lot slower and it's really good. So, uh, I will put that on our, when this gets posted on Facebook, I will put a version of that so that people can at least see that as well. Uh, are you ready for the artist? I am. I am. You want the male or female first? 
the male? It is Dr. John. Stop, really? From 1989, In a Sentimental Mood. It's the first song on the album, Making Whoopi. Uh, and it was Ricky Lee Jones is the female. I, I don't know Ricky Lee Jones. Should I know Ricky Lee Jones? Chucky's in love. Oh, Chuckies yes. In love. Chucky's in love. Yeah, that's a really, really good song as well. Um, and Ricky Lee Jones has got this very eclectic, very unique uh, voice tone to her voice and uh, so anyway they came together on the song and it actually plays really well when you have male and female singing it oh yeah it's like he says he's busy but she says and then and then she says is he <laughs> <laughs> it works perfect um, as for the Christmas album from Dr. John uh, he may have one out there but doing a very quick check um, I don't, I don't think he does. So, uh, Dr. John, I, I would love to find a Dr. John Christmas album, by the way, for those keeping track at home, I'm almost at 9,400 Christmas songs on one of my Christmas playlists. Just, just saying. Wow. 9,400. I added quite a few this, this, this past year. So, uh, we digress, but this is Dr. John, one of my very, very favorite artists, super eccentric, if you've ever seen some, of, he makes Elton John look normal. <laughs> I've seen I, some. It, it is. And because uh, Elton John is kind of known, known for being very flamboyant. Dr. John, very much so. Uh, what's really funny is I was doing a little bit of kind of uh, uh, research on Dr. John. Yeah. And he started off his life um, not As real well. He was. Well, yes, I was poor. I was born a poor black child. Uh, there's a little Steve Martin. Don't get mad at us. It's not a racial joke. It's no. a Steve Martin joke. And uh, but he actually uh, started off not real good in his life, getting in trouble with the law. Uh, really? Yeah, he actually got his one of his fingers blown off. What? And so he had changed. Yeah, he had changed from a guitar to piano because of that. Wow. Yeah, in his early days, he was a low-level criminal, tried pimping and forging prescriptions, and he lost his left <laughs> ring finger in a shooting incident. And I never knew that. It's just one of the things that I enjoy about this podcast is actually diving a little deeper into some of these artists and songs to really get the, the story behind them. Oh, yeah. And uh, so uh, uh, this forced him to largely switch from guitar to piano. And by 1974, he had traded committing misdemeanors for a music career. So that, I think, is is kind of interesting and kind That's of That's just crazy. Yeah. You know, I mean, we we all uh, hear about the the headline stuff, right? But yeah. What, what ends up happening is there's a lot that goes on well bef before this stuff. I'm I'm... I'm super interested in all of the backstory of where a band, like you know, we bring the Beatles up, right? right. What, what were those few years be like, cause they had a very fast on-ramp, but it, uh, there are some bands that work 10, 12, 15 oh, yeah. years or artists before something catches. 
and then they make it mainstream and, and everyone's like, oh, this was an overnight success. Not even close. They're right. working their ass the off. The 10-year overnight success. <laughs> the 10-year overnight success. That's right. So anyway, uh, I really, I'm sure there are people that have heard this version. People know this song. It is a, a standard. But 1928, Chris, wow. is when this, uh, this song was written. And it was for the Broadway play Whoopi. Porgy and Bess. Nope, Whoopi. Oh. It's a 1928 <laughs> musical comedy uh, with a book. It came with a book based okay. on <laughs> Owen Davis's play, The Nervous Wreck. So, yeah, hmm. Whoopi. Yep. That's fascinating. Fascinating. And so Phil. this was written by Walter Donaldson and lyrics by Gus Kahn. I, so, there you go. Honestly, Phil, I think this is one of the best songs I've never heard before. I hope so. I really hope so. And I can't wait uh, for next week uh, when we get to hear one of your songs on The Greatest Song You Never Heard. Um, we're going to skip all this social media stuff where you can find us. Just go to our website, greatestsongyouneverheard.com, and uh, make a... You know, like Brian Page does, always make a comment. We love that. Thank you, Brian. But there are other people out there, Chris. There are other people who can make a comment. They should. Oh. <laughs> that means our show's over. We'll talk to you next time on The Greatest Song You've Never Heard podcast. Are you there?